Welcome, everybody, to People of Efrat, where we all get to learn more about this great community and the people that make it tick. There's an upcoming election. You could edit my words, and you can you can use me uh, in election propaganda for whoever, whoever you see fit. So I'll just give you Gantz, okay. Bibi, Bennett, Sar. You can just use any of those words. Yeah. However you want. With David Raptus. Yeah. Great, terrible, thief. Just just use those words <laughs> okay, however you want, and you can splice it up. Okay. That sounds yeah. great. Um, so, like, where would I insert you in a situation with Gans? Personally? Or, yeah. or where? how would you use me yeah, as a exactly. propaganda? That, that was my question. I, I, um, well, I'll answer both. I think, and this is maybe an unpopular opinion, I like friaring. Do you know what a friar is? Like yeah, this Israeli, yeah. Like I, I like friarim. I like them. I think that if you are willing to sacrifice yourself for the sake of a greater good, I have a lot of respect for you. And I think that that's what Benny Gantz did. And everyone called him uh, naive. Right. Everyone called him weak, foolish, or whatever they, they called him. Yeah. I think that he showed what it means to be a leader. Right. I might the, not like his doing the best. I you might know, not what's love best his for opinions. the country. Is not, that what you're saying in regards to like the yeah yeah yeah? I think that we needed to avert elections, and it's not about who's at fault, who's to blame. You can definitely that's for other pundits. To David, talk have about. we averted uh, elections? We've not averted elections <laughs> successfully, but he tried. He tried to avert elections. And this is actually a shtick. That, it's not a shtick. This is like a bissel. This is like a, a a little davar that I speak about actually at the. Uh, the burial place of the great ones of our nation in Har Herzl. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Why do we call these people the great ones of our nation? Right? The people that are buried there are prime ministers and presidents. There's yeah. another few that are buried there as well. Uh, Teddy Kollek, the former mayor of Jerusalem, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and others. But wouldn't you expect that it would be like artists or scientists um, in addition or instead the, of the politicians? Great the great ones. What uh-huh. makes someone great? There's something about these people that we uh, honor by burying them there that we say these people might have made choices that the other ones buried next to them vehemently opposed, even if they're from different parties, but especially if they're from the same party. Yitzchak Rabin, Zichron Olivracha, and Shimon Perez, Alava Shalom, are buried right next to each other. They were both from the same party, but they did not agree on... Uh, some very critical uh, issues and, and, and very critical junctures in Israel's history. Right. But they both get that honor there because they were in the position to make the choice, to make the decision, and they and, and at that point, you cannot make no decision. There's no such thing. Right. So we probably have the great. best Knesset, actually, there. These guys can leave uh. the place. You know? <laughs> They're there. Right? Yeah. We got them all in one room. <laughs> Let's make it happen now. Chaval, they're not with us anymore. Chaval. Chaval. <laughs> David Raptus, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's really a pleasure. This is a dream come true. Really? Yeah. I spoke to you. I, I mentioned to you that I feel like the journeyman reliever yeah. who's been languishing in the minor leagues <laughs> for so long, and he's just waiting for the call. You know? What's that, what's that movie? Bull Durham or something? There's, like, there's like a scene on the bus where yeah. this guy... He's been in the minors for like the longest time. Yeah. He's telling all these young young guys in the minor leagues about his his few moments of glory when he made it to the majors. Right. 
So here I am. This is my moment of glory. <laughs> this I'm is the majors. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> we made it. I'm That's cool. It. No, it. look, bro. That the idea here is people of Efron. These are you. We're the people of Efron. I I want to interview everybody and anybody. But if you think about it, you're up high in the roster because I, this is episode like 13 or 14. Not yeah. really sure. And um. Yeah, you're right up here. So I wouldn't. Well, let me uh, tell you, I wouldn't call it a minor league thing. Rashid, let me tell you something. Okay, you and I both know that we are in our third lockdown right now. Yeah. This is for posterity. You know, like yeah. another 25 years. Yeah. My grandkids will look back at this. We're locked down in nature right yeah, now. Yeah, we're locked down. So I am definitely <laughs> up there in the rankings. Yeah. When you say that the rankings have to be within one kilometer of your house. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well put. And even then, I'm willing to say that it's more that there's so many people that are hidden. You're still. in Anav. The people of Efrat are still, as much as we see them. Yeah, it's true. We pray with them. And a lot of we them walk next to them. are not we native English speakers. That's true. Many of the greatest don't speak English. That's true. But some of those greats that speak English are so much just a part of the fabric of life here in Efrat yeah. that some of people just got used to their greatness. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of new. You and I are both kind of yeah, new. we've so got like, a few guys like that we yeah. learn with in the mornings, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You're there every day. It must be I amazing. try to be there every day. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that um, this corona situation has been really, really devastating for them. So right. I always try and keep them and hold them close to my heart when I'm talking about how, for me, it's been so sublime. Yeah. It's been a really it's so weird. It's like on one end of things, right? I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like no. on on one side of things, it's like a lot of people are suffering. Right. And they're there, and and we can't ignore them. And then you and talk about a lot of people who are like sacrificing a tremendous amount, whether it's volunteers here in a frat, mm -hmm. just person to person, mm -hmm. the upper echelons of of the people who are trying to take care of us in the sure. government, and those people that are that are just healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. I have a sister in law. And her sister in America, yeah, who are doctors, and 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 so my brother's wife's sister is like in it, yeah, and I have a lot of friends that are in it, and they're very close to it, yeah. So those people, yeah, they gotta heroes. give them kola kavod, yeah, guys. And we can't ignore my, them. So my sister's a PA Sapora. yeah, she's out there shift after shift, working crazy hours. You know, when things were heavy, they were just like pushing hard, long hours, going back, mm -hmm. you know, back to back shifts. Yeah, it's, it wasn't simple. Anyway, so you were talking about you were talking about the minor leagues, and then we were talking about how special it is um, having learning in the morning. And you were yeah. saying, oh, so we have these guys. Yeah. There's a few tour guides. Yeah. Who you <laughs> might imagine tour guides don't have a lot of work these days. <laughs> There's a few people who are, thank God, uh, comfortable enough in life that they can take off in the morning hours yeah. to just sit and learn. And some people will work in the evening, like me. yeah, whatever it is that they do. Yeah. Um, and uh, though, so we were able to get together because our friend uh, and and friend of the podcast, David Sussman, yeah. was like, "Hey, let's let's learn." Right. And another uh, podcaster here in Efrat, yeah, uh, Donny Eisenstock, yeah, he um, <clears throat> he kind of is in the driver's seat. Talking about uh, diamonds in the rough, right? Yeah, there. or diamonds, polished diamonds, more yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, 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 and. Yeah. Uh, and so he I'm and, and these two guys, one. yeah, yeah, for sure, go for it. So these two guys, yeah. uh, and others got together and were like, "Hey, we should be learning." So we started with uh, Rosh Hashanah, yeah, but yeah. before before uh, before Rosh Hashanah, yeah. And we're learning Gemara, and yeah. we try and learn it in a way which is 
um, at the end of it is a beautiful thing that I never had in yeshiva, which which I would love to suggest to you know to my rabbeim, is that after the day's learning, yeah, we don't. I I, I try and like not close the gemara, but when the gemara text inside is and we're finished with what we're gonna learn that day, we go around and people say what are they taking away? And sometimes the takeaway is is um a novel idea, a chidush that they had from the learning. Sometimes it's like just a really simple uh, bracha to, uh, to all the learners. And sometimes it's a little like, you know, here's here's something I learned about life from today's learning. Wow. And it's a great way of, uh, of connecting to the learning. Right, right. And the people that are sitting there are, are some of them are people that I never had any uh, chance to connect to before Corona. Right. So here we are, and sometimes we do it on Zoom depending on the... I caught a good Zoom. Last week, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, you were on Zoom for that one too. Yeah, yeah. I try and be there nice. on Zoom, um, and it's just this. Let's call it ten months now that we've been in Corona times. Yeah, since Purim, when we put on our masks and we never took them off. Right. What month is it? Right now. Uh, Tevet. Okay. We're we're heading. Uh, we have a month before Tu B'Shvat. Yeah. And another month before Purim. Right. And in fact, in our learning, we're we're trying to f- we're doing chagiga now. We've moved on to chagiga. We're trying to do chagiga before Tu B'Shvat. Hopefully, Bezrat Hashem, the government will let us do a, a siyum uh, on Tu B'Shvat, and then we'll be ready to start Megillah before Purim. Yofi. Yeah, and um, so we had a baby in these ten months. Wait, the whole Chabura had a baby? No, we, me and my wife, okay, Batchen, <laughs> Batchen <laughs> Schlesinger is my wife, wow. and uh, thank God we welcomed the third a child, Lian Hara, into our family. So, I mean, you lose your livelihood and yeah. you and you gain a life. Right. So that's a great trade-off. You lose I would say. a livelihood and you gain a life. I don't know. That's that's you know maybe maybe tourism will come back. And and the challenge now is to is to really incorporate some of the life lessons that we've learned through Corona yeah. into our real life. Right. You know, we kind of took a little sabbatical. Yeah. Without our, <laughs> without really our meaning it, God. but um, but try like, I'll tell you that, that one of the challenges that I've had is is Cholamoid. How do I not work on Cholamoid? Mm-hmm. That's like when there's right. tourists You're in the country. Guy. I'm a tour guide. Like I like I gotta work it. You know, David. I have the Hetter. How many tour guides does it take to screw in your light bulb? <laughs> uh, however many tour guides it takes to screw in a light bulb, most of them are going to be standing around talking. He finishes the joke for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like one to screw it in, and the rest to explain where the bulb came from and yeah. how it goes into the socket. And you could right. say that about juice too. And also, like the ladder is a, is a really interesting thing to talk about. And what ladder? And why how is many the rungs here? do you go up? Why would they put the light right here? There's a, there's a reason for that, <laughs> right? And actually, you know, like in the Tanakh, we have ladders. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anywhere you you're go. going down the rabbit hole because you're a tour guide. Beautiful. <laughs> so you're saying like, okay, tour guides, it's a it's a tough thing on Chalmoid. You know, you want to be with your family, but it's also a very, very optimal time to be working. So it's a very optimal time to be working. Yeah. This year, I had two cholamoids that I was free to wow. be with my family. Wow. Hanukkah vacation, free to be with my family. Wow. And um, not thinking, like, what could, like, the work that you could be doing, because there is no work that you could be right, doing. Right, right. Wow. And, and, and so how do I make sure that I am, oh, my God, here's a tour guide moment. Okay, none of you can see this. Right over there yeah. on that rock okay. is is a Hyrax. I've never seen a Hyrax here before. 
It is uh, in Hebrew called a shafan sela. You can't see it because oh, he's not I moving him. around. I see him. Now I see he's him. moving. He's like a little groundhog dude. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Never seen that around here, but apparently there's uh, shafane sela. Yeah, I, you know, the, around this rocky area, they like this is like a, a like a nature a home preserve. For them. Like yeah. these guys specifically, I've mm-hmm. seen them. Like there's a whole bunch of them on the side yeah. of the mountain. When I come out here with my dog, he loses it. He's like he wants he's to, smelling them. Yeah, he and he can he can nearly catch them because they're like all in the rocks and on top and around. Yeah, that's cool. It's phenomenal. So this only happened because we were just sitting here kind of quiet for most of the time. If yeah. we had come down through here like right. boisterous and loud, right. they they don't want to they don't want to have any part of that. Right. But um, I recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago with the most lovely people in the most lovely place ever. And then what happened? At the very end, it's the first time this ever happened to me. At the very end. I go to hit the stop button for record, and it starts recording. And I say, uh-oh. Oh. So I had, like, all the all the footage on from video, but the audio was just not usable because of all the wind and whatnot. Are we recording right now? Yeah, we are recording. Okay, good. I'm a little nervous about it sometimes. I go back and I check it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about major leagues and minor <clears throat> leagues. I'm learning. We're learning all the time. So just the, just the like, getting off of the regular beat of life yeah. and trying to figure out what's my new tempo Mm. supposed to be yeah how do i re- how do i incorporate so much of the good things of this sabbatical into my uh into my real life getting back they talk about in a, in, i've heard it in american politics like yeah. build back better <laughs> and they're talking about like when the economy comes back yeah. what should it look like right. in the terms right of way. green things and in terms right. of all sorts of other issues um so i'm i'm like really 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 struggling with what does that look like building it building it back better mm-hmm Wow, and you're doing some. I know. I know a little bit about what you're doing right now. You're not just sitting around doing nothing. You're you're working on on various different avenues to you know to like kind of take control over the situation and right. and kind of corona proof your life a little bit. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I'll tell you one of the the thoughts that I had was that what does a tour guide have that he can offer from his work experience to another area? Right. Um. And I'll tell you that that I I did a little bit of uh, Lula Venetro selling in my younger years okay. when I was just trying to get started as a tour guide. Yeah, and um, I found that it was so much fun selling to people that come looking for your product. Yeah, not cold calling and not yeah. knocking on doors, but being in a market. I was in Katamon at the Stiblach. And if you're walking into that shuk, you. you're either wanting to see beautiful etrogs, yeah. which is legit, yeah, or you want to buy beautiful etrogs, yeah. And um, and selling to people that were there to buy, yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, right. Because you're, hey, it's a mitzvah. What are you, what are you looking for, right? And, and let me let me provide want. for you what you're looking for at a and price point that you're willing to pay. Right. And let's both be happy. That was an, an amazing. Right. And I had, uh, I would say, you know, we can ask another one of our neighbors, Hanan Kupietsky, who uh, is a is a venerable veteran, yeah, uh, player macher, I would call him, in the Lula Venetrog industry. Yeah. He was the one that uh, that asked me to come and, and man the booth, yeah. and you can ask him how how <laughs> how, how it went. went. <laughs> but they definitely hired me back the next couple of years awesome. until I was not uh, not available. Yeah. So what do Wait, I have? That, that was like a, a young age, or the recently? It was it was as a young tour guide. Oh, cool. It was in my twenties. Um, so, what do I have as a tour guide? Is yeah. I am standing in front of my clients, and before they come, I have to assess what they need. 
what they what they want. Can I give them what they want? How do I give them what they want? Right. How do I, you know, the customer is always right. Yeah. But I have much more expertise than they have in Israel or in Israel tour planning. So how right. do I also have the conversation to explain to them what their needs are right. beyond what they can see? You know, what's the area, where's their blind spot in terms of uh, being here in Israel and how can I explain that to them? And then let's work together to create a plan because I'm, I'm doing it from A to Z for right. some people. Right. Transportation, the full booking experience. the sites, what the content is going to look like. Oftentimes, these are families, Jewish families, yeah. that want to have an educational experience. Right. And that's why I got into tour guiding was to be a Jewish educator. That's neat. So there's also that aspect of the content. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, and um, so how do I bring that to another field? I was thinking that, you know, in high tech, you have clients and you got to be uh, brave enough to stand in front of them and have a conversation about what are their needs. They know their company way better than right. you will, but how can I ask the questions to get the from them right. the idea of what they need and how you know my uh, potential employer, how they can fulfill that, that need. So I was thinking about you know something in the area of customer success or yeah. um, maybe sales in a more warm environment, not right. like cold calling, but something which is more uh, kind of right. further down the pipeline. Um, I have not yet found that uh, newest challenge. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, one of the things well, has been that's... Further education also. You Come on, you're doing something right now to further yeah, education. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of a, a, yeah. of a course. Yeah. Uh, that was actually more to get some of the technical sides of uh, writing code, just right. to understand like what that world is like. Right, so I, to understand yeah, like, I learned, if you're going to be working. I learned it. a little bit how to, how to code in Python. Sure. And uh, for the application of data analysis and things like that, because right. also... In data this, or data? Uh, it's it's t uh, tomato tomato. Is it though? I feel like there's a generation that says data, and there's a generation that says data. I'm telling you, man. I, I still haven't figured this out. At if someone can in Hebrew, in me. Hebrew they say data. <laughs> oh, okay. Data. So then that's easy because you know that how right. it's going to be said. Okay. And uh, yeah. So I don't I I don't know the right way to say it. Yeah. Um, I'm a tangent master, by the yeah. way. Yeah, so I dabble. Like, I dabble in data or yeah. I dabble in data? <laughs> now my <laughs> head is about to blow up. I'm, I'm so confused, <laughs> but I love it. Beautiful. Achi, how did you, uh, how did you get to fraud? How did you get to Eretz Yisrael? Like, where did you, I, I, I've lived here for like eight years, and yeah. I only met you when I moved to the Dagan, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you been, like, how did you get here? When? I've been in Israel now for 17 years. I came after two years in Yeshiva University. And uh, the way that I got to Efrat the first time yeah. is when I was in high school. I didn't move here, obviously, right. in high school. I grew up in Albany, New York. Okay. And New I was Yorker. A yeah. But not a New Yorker. You're like no, a no, New no, Yorker. No, no, no. More, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry to disappoint all the New no. Yorkers, or former the New Yorkers. Upstate New York is real nice. Upstate New York, beautiful Special. place. If I could live in America, yeah. uh, if America was, uh, you know, if Albany was in Israel, I would live there. Right. Um, <laughs> By the way, there's a little taste of Albany for all those people who want to know. We're just upstate New York, right here in Gush Etzion. You know where? Kvaot. If you've yeah. ever been, it's covered in trees. It's very mountainous. Beautiful. It's so scenic, and it's five minutes from our house. Anyways. Right. Little it's taste. A beautiful place to go. <laughs> yeah, and, go on. Uh, yeah, so growing up in Albany, I went to a Jewish school growing up. Yeah. Uh, the bigger Jewish school there uh, is called the Hebrew Academy of the Capital District. Okay. And uh, my uh, my experience was it was learning, studying there as a, as a kid. 
Um, it's a conservative day school, with Solomon Schechter Day School, and um, and then I went to public school, just like my older, my two older brothers. Yeah, and I uh, was in public school, and I was a, a member of of NCSY youth group, mm-hmm. and they have summer programs, and I was committed for the very first time to come to Israel on a touring program. I was going to be touring around for a month in Israel. Wow. And there was a, How a very... How that you wanted uh, that to was, I was in 10th grade. Cool. Yeah. Um, and a very, very well-known uh, figure in, the, in NCSY in those days, uh, he said to me, like, listen, David, I know you, and I think you would do better if, instead of going to the touring program, if you went on what's called NCSY Colo. It's a learning program. It's six weeks. And I was like, listen, Rabbi, I really, I want to see the country. I've never been to Israel. I don't want to sit in, in a Beit Midrash and only have a little bit of touring. I want to like really see the country. And he said, I'll make this deal with you, okay? You go on, on Kolo. If you don't like it, the, the, the other program starts two weeks after Kolo. You can switch. Wow. If you don't like it, you can switch. Now, I'm thinking back like from what I know today. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was so confident, I think, that I would enjoy the learning program. Wow. I don't think you can have a kid just move from that program to that program. Right. Like these things are are organized differently. <laughs> don't but, worry. Yeah, I'll yeah. look it out for you. So I got there, and I want to tell you something. It was in Efrat. Yeah. It was in the Neve Shmuel dorms. Ah. Yeah, and learning the baby. Ah, uh, two thousand. Two thousand. Wow. Cool. Yeah, the year two thousand. Summer of ninety nine. Wow. Yeah, summer of ninety nine, and uh, I got there. And the first three days were absolutely miserable. Oh yeah, yeah. I was one of very few public school kids that were there. Yeah. A lot of the other, my first impression was that a lot of the other guys that were there were there as a last resort. Like, yeah. if you don't go on the Kolel and shape up, uh-huh. we're gonna kick you out of your yeshiva high school. Right, right. And I was there like a super inspired little kid who just wanted to get this learn. experience. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, I felt really out of place. I felt like a lot of the other um, NCSYers, a lot of the other students, a lot of the other kids were, um, they knew each other from back home. They had their lingo, they had their cliques, and I was just out. Yeah. And then we went on a teal. Two days, three days after we were there, we went on our first teal. Okay. And when you're walking on the path, yeah, you're not in a group of 10 or 15 people sitting around a lunch table or the six guys in the room. Or the you know the twenty people in the in the shear, you're one on one, one on two maybe. Okay. And that is when you can actually meet a person and right. really talk. So I met people and I realized that I wasn't alone. I had a lot of people I could identify with, mm. and they might have been in yeshiva high schools. They might have been other public school kids who were from what's called out of town, which out of town means not in the New York area <laughs> right? or upstate New York. Yeah, I feel like upstate New York is also out of it's town. It's totally out of town. Yeah. And I learned, like, wow, I can feel at home on this program. Yeah. I can feel at home in Judaism, which looks like this, wearing a kippah, wearing right. tzitzis, I dig this. keeping kosher. This could be my thing. I dig this. And, yeah. and, I, and I, that is actually something that I wanted for my life. Yeah. And I said, I'll do it when I get to college. That'll be a clean break. Uh-huh. Let me just become. Right. Let me live my teenage life a little bit. Yeah. Right. What? You're 15, 14. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, you know, the show Saved by the Bell. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Zach Morris. Yeah. Zach Morris. So AC Slater. I was I was more like Screech. OK. But still. Yeah. Let me just live that life a little bit. And then when I get to college, then I'll have a, a clean break and mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. Uh, I can live however, however I see fit 
and I can make a lifestyle change. Yeah. But also I felt like I can feel at home, not just in, in this kind of Jewish environment, but also in this land of Israel. I can, wow. I can feel at home here. Mm. And, uh, and it's amazing. You know, here it is. Jonathan Pollard, front page news. Hold that baby up. This is amazing. And what he did yeah. is what Jews have done for generations. And unfortunately, most of us who come to Israel now can't do it. Yeah. Eight years ago, you get on your Aliyah flight, you can't do it. I actually did. You did? I was. They take you to the... Oh, Nefesh Benefesh does. Yeah. I was... Right. We were on like a charter flight, not the... not. I, I forget what they call the, the full flight. It wasn't right. that one. But we were on the one where there were many Olim on the flight. Okay. It's it. They, people come to welcome you, but we weren't interested in the whole uh, fanfare. I don't know why. It, Maybe okay. it could, I'm sure it w- would have been really, really nice. Right. But we weren't so interested in the whole fanfare. So anyways, when we get off the airplane, we walk down, and we're, like, expecting to kiss the ground, and it's tarmac, you know? And it's, like, oily, like, no, you kiss dirty. That tarmac. No, you go. That's you go exactly that. right. That's pucker, exactly right. Pucker up. And I thought the same thing when Pollard said, hold on, one minute, BB. Mm. And he went down, and I'm like, I did that you the know first what? moment I stepped every pla- every Every little spot in this land is kadosh it's holy and it's just so special yeah. it's our land it's our it's, it's our chaviv. home it's chaviv yeah there you go that's a good word for it it's chaviv so so that's what i did i got i got off the plane i love the, it kissed the ground and i really identified with that and it's just 35 years of 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 languishing in the pit oh, I just love like it. yosef we have people coming see everybody walks around here they're on the derech. nature on the derech. if you're on the derech you're in the right place so beautiful yeah and, yeah, um, so you kiss the ground. I kiss the ground, and, and I felt really at home here in Israel. Nice. And I said, someday i got to make it back. Yeah. And just like I pushed up yeah. my plans for starting to, to be fully committed to, to you know, a certain expression of, of keeping halacha, yeah. uh, there was some sort I pushed of, it forward. Yeah. I got home, and it was six weeks that I was in Efrat. Yeah. You know what I loved so much in Efrat? And I and I still feel this when I go to the pizza shop over there yeah. in Teina. Yeah. Um, if anyways we're mentioning Frat Pizza. Oh, that's the and best. Of course, pizza. you know Philly Pizza that's also good. very good. No, ga- very good. Gary's Let's, got awesome food. We got to we got to appreciate Siftach over here. By the way, this podcast has been brought to you by brought to you by Siftach. Si- Siftach Coffee, powering so us right now at this moment. That's right. <laughs> We gotta we gotta uh, give really a big shout out to all the local businesses and the people that are For real. that are keeping Especially things right going. Especially right now, things are shut down. Absolutely, it's very hard on them. So you, you mentioned you know PowerWorks is also an amazing. I it's love not a, those it's guys. not here, but they you know they're from here. Yeah, uh, phew, amazing. Every love those guys. all these love different companies, coffee. all these different uh, people that are that are making things happen. Love them so much. That was a parenthetical, but uh, that was a fun tangent too. Yeah. Right. Um, so you go. I I I just felt this the other day when I brought yeah. my kids um, a few weeks ago. We yeah. were in the Teina, yeah, and uh, and we got some afrat pizza. We drank some fused tea, which of course, if you know the depth of fused tea, it's really nasty. But right. well, that's a different story for a different time. That's a whole different story. And I remember, you know, just drinking nesti as I was a teen, sixteen years old, yeah. sitting in the afrat merkaz, yeah, and then Friday night coming down to the to the kikar. To that, to that traffic circle just below Pnei Shmuel, yeah. and I remember I saw someone who was rolling out like a, it was a table, yeah, of like goodies for the kids, and it was just like the most wholesome, yeah, 
atmosphere. And yeah. I was like, I have to live here in a wholesome place. Yeah. I didn't mean Efrat. Yeah. I meant Eretz Israel. Yeah. But I have a real, really, really strong uh, place in my heart yeah. holding Efrat specifically. Yeah. So that's how I ended up Let me almost in Efrat. But I only came here two and a half years ago. Right. <laughs> but it just so happened yeah. that I married a, a, a woman who was born and raised in Gush Etzion. Wow. And we at first, you know, when we got married, we walked from our wedding hall underneath the synagogue, underneath the shul yeah. in Alon Shvut. Yeah. We walked home to our first beautiful. house, beautiful house on the top of the of these bigger buildings that they have in the newer neighborhood, the yeah. 20-year-old new neighborhood in Alon Shvut. And there's something, you know what I love, 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 which brings me back instantly to those days as a high school student in Efrat on the NCSY Cola. I came back the next summer. There are times in the summertime that you see the mist rolling oh, in and you're sort from of the like west. in it you're like and then you get enveloped yeah. in this mist i remember the basketball hoops yeah they they would get like uh hazy hazy <laughs> from that mist because we would play basketball sometimes wow. at night and um that mist just yeah. brings me back to why i want to live you know around the people that we live around yeah which is why, like, your endeavor of just, like, introducing us to all these people that are living amongst us, yeah. these uh, beautiful humans, these people of Efrat, you know, that's what it is. You Tell meet me, the people of Efrat, and you're like, this is where I should be living. Yeah. And it's true about so many different places, but you it's don't always have someone who's everywhere. Yeah, and everywhere in Eritrea has its, like, you know, beauty to it and yeah. its core place. I don't know anywhere else. I We made Aliyah to here, and... To there. Yeah, it's right there. All right, you can see our old apartment. It's like right up there. It's like the second to last one. Hashem should bless yeah, all the residents of Pitumak Torah, ah. those above <laughs> ground, <place>. those underground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a special place, Pitumak Torah. Um, I wanted to ask you about that moment. Like we, we, we went a little bit further down the line, but yeah. that moment that you were sitting in the pizza shop and it's like the 20 years before you had been there, dreaming of having that exact moment having that those you were living out eating that pizza yeah, the family yeah. the kids the beautiful life here it's in Gushetzion and in front like it must have been like that's the that's the other thing like a defining 30, moment 35 years yeah I wasn't in a place you know yeah but 35 yeah. years yeah you might have that I just I just love that story but um, yeah. for me personally it's nothing compared to Jonathan Pollard yeah and, well, uh, it, it doesn't discount it, though. Like, no, for, all, yeah, like, yeah. My my particular perspective yeah. on on the world. Um, one of the things that I say on Purim often, and uh, and the first time I said it, it was like from a place of uh, it was a novel and new way of expressing myself. Mm -hmm. But I said, "How many dreams can come true in one lifetime?" <laughs> and I would say it in Hebrew. And I don't know how to say that in Hebrew because <laughs> I'm an Ole Chadash. <laughs> like, still, here I am. I, like, official Aliyah. Yeah. You know, I made, you know, like 17 years ago. I, I got my two dot zahut, you know, in 2008. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I still don't know how to, how to yeah. say this correctly, but like, Kama Chalamot Mit Gashmim Bechaim Chat. Like, and I said that on Purim. I was, I was looking at my wife, and I was thinking about my my life with my wife, and and the and the and the house that we're uh, home oh, that we're building so together. Beautiful. And there's just so many dreams that have come true. Yeah. And Efrat kind of encompasses a few of those, yeah. uh, because it has to do with the tour guiding, yeah. being out 
on the way and yeah. meeting people and then realizing that like this is the life I want this is like a place like this is where I want to live and and this lifestyle of being out on the way and being you know guiding people mm-hmm. here so that they can connect to the land connect to themselves connect to the people that they're walking yeah. together with it's just unbelievable yeah okay. the goals that you have that you set out for yourself actually they come true. They come true. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes they don't. It's hard when you're a kid, and it but seems so far some away. Some of them do. You know? It seems so far away. It seems so much of a pipe dream. And also, there's a, the experience of, like, wanting to have it now. You know, it's sort of like an immature thing and, and, a, and a young thing to, like, see something like, oh, I want that right now. I need to have that right now. And that's my dream. I want to have that right now. Maybe I should get married right now, or or maybe I should uh, stay here right now, or you know. But there's like there's it's a journey. There's steps to to take, you know, in order to get here. Like I, it's so funny. Uh, there's like a lot of mirroring here. I was also 15 when I first came to Eretz Israel. I didn't come to Efrat. I was inspired. I was on the Moshav. My I visited my uncle who lived there, mm. and that was also like a, a a moment for me. I was like, whoa, this is the kind of life that I want to live. Like Moshav. this is beautiful. That's- that's a beautiful And place. I was like, I want to stay here or whatever. That's and an in my mind, yeah, yeah, it's it's such a special place. And um, my my family lived there for years. I have an aunt who's still there right now, even after the fire and, wow. and all that jazz. They should rise. Um, yeah, from, from, the, that, from, the ashes, from the ashes. From the flames grow to be bigger and better. We love that place. It's a special place. But my point is that I'm there and I'm thinking to myself, this is what I want. And I wanted it then. I wanted it to right now. But... You got to take these steps. You know, you have to, you have to. Uh, you could look at the the vision and um, and think about it of a way to get there. When you're young, it's very hard to uh, to see the uh, the end game or to to realize that you're gonna get to that to the to you know to your goals or whatever. But so you're you're actually making a dream come true for me. What That's that? what I said earlier. You know, How's here that? I am. I'm oh. <laughs> on the podcast. I love it. I love it. Dude, you know I why I really, you know, why I really became a tour guide. Why? To hold the mic. Why? Yeah. Oh, okay. really? yeah. Why? If you're the tour guide, <laughs> yeah. you hold the mic. No right. one can take them. Like, okay, That's sir, true. sir, enough. Enough. You've spoken right, right. enough. Right. Like sometimes they'll say that. Yeah. That happens. You know, sometimes people want to just be in the place and they're right. like, I don't need to know exactly what that frame around that stone means. I right. Don't, I, I just kind of look at this cool, cool building. And just be here, and mm-hmm. and I and I, you always gotta check the levels. Yeah. When you're yeah. a tour guide, check the level. Like, Bring it to oh. ten. Yeah, or like, let me t- let me turn my volume down to zero and just uh, just smart. be here. Smart. Um, yeah. Because sometimes you have this inclination that you're like, well, if 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 I'm being hired here to explain everything that I know and and about this place. Yeah. So let me just give it all to you. Right. But there is something yeah, that's to be said about just being there. Uh, yeah. You know, it's so so amazing to hold a mic i just love it yeah you know and one of the things i said you to you take that home with you you know a little souvenir yeah put it under your pillow <laughs> I'm you're joking. right i could walk around um, the house it's just with it, a mic in my pocket it, it's nice um it's it's also like the thing is that when you're holding this mic you're present you you're you're aware that there's 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 someone listening there's 12 uh followers and you give worth that are listening. You give worth <laughs> your words too. Yeah, you do. You do, and um, you kind of in the moment a lot. You know, it's like you're really, really there. You're really, really conscious of of what's going on at mm-hmm. that moment. I really like that part about it. So yeah, well, but like when you guide, do you, you have like one of those like nifty, t- uh, you know, uh, tour guide like uh, you know what they call that Lavalier in Hebrew? Mics? You know, you know what Israelis call that? What do they call it? They call it a Madonna, <laughs> like Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Madonna. Um, I try not to. 
I have been blessed with a voice that I can project. Yeah. Sometimes you have to, you know, you're in Nachlaot, you're in the old city, yeah. you're in different places, and, and you shouldn't be projecting the voice. Right. Um, you think so like because any of the echo volume, or any volume that my that yeah. my voice can get to, yeah, is the you know is going to be the appropriate volume for yeah. that for that place. Ideally, unless you know I'm I'm kind of like right messing up. Also, your but groups s- like with you and like yeah. So they do have these things nowadays, which are like these little personal earphone things that right. you can just walk and have fifty people trailing behind you. Right. Um, I really, really, really like to just kind of stop. Yeah. Get the group together in order for every everyone that, like, when I'm pointing to something, unless it's kind of ancillary or it's just, oh, by the way, but if it's, like, the point of where we're going, yeah. so you, you do definitely, definitely need to stop so that also the people in the way back yeah. can hear it and see it at the same yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm a, a microphone that projects beyond what a person in a group of 50 could kind of could hear. Yeah. Uh, for me, it just doesn't really work in the... So I, d- I, I on the bus is when I that's when I grab the mic sometimes. Yeah, because there's also like a long line people in the back. There's always people talking in the back of the bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always that kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what happens sometimes? Is <laughs> is really like is yeah. like I talk on the mic and then it's like it's too loud for the people in the back. So they're like their their conversation. Yeah. Because you know who sits in the back? The cool kids. Yeah, of course. The cool kids sit in the back. Um, or but, the Jews. <laughs> but you know who sits in the back also is they don't know that, yeah. that the center seat that I'm like looking directly at them right like, so sometimes you can call them out right. and you can engage them and then yeah. you and then you have the whole bus engaged because nice. you're you're having a conversation with you know with Johnny who's like way in the back yeah. in that middle seat and like you're talking to him yeah. uh, it's a funny thing that happens like sometimes it's legitimate you know you can't always be 100% focused so sometimes you know, there's a little talk back and forth it's definitely my just desserts, you know. Mida Kanegan Mida. I was a big chatter, yeah, chatty kid in in class. Yeah. Um, well, you were screech and say by the bell, so. He did talk <laughs> <a lot. laughs> nerdy, nerdy but chatty at the yeah. same time. He talks a lot. Cool now. There's something about that. Yeah. Um, so, I I just deserve it to have people kind of talking as I talk. Fair enough. So what will happen is if like I'm on the mic and it's like the bus and it's hard for them to to really focus because they can't really see my my face or really. See exactly, you like, oh, hey, look at that castle. Oh, okay, it's by. We passed it. Like, we're going 100 kilometers an hour. Like, it's gone. Um, yeah, so, I do like, that so much in the car with the kids, and they never see it. <laughs> right, 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 right. So upsetting. You gotta, yeah, you gotta see, f- yeah. look out the front window and be like, okay, you're gonna pass by it. In one minute, yes. you are going to see a cow. Right. Okay. And so, yeah, that happens a lot. Like, li- like wild. Animals. Guys, goats, 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 Yeah, before they even know what word you're saying, yeah. it's gone. Um, so what happens is sometimes those kids, like, they'll like start raising their voice yeah. subconsciously. So I'm like, you bring the mic closer, you start talking louder, yeah. and so then they start going louder. And it's like this, there's like this cold war, war until like, <laughs> as everybody's like shouting into the mic, and they're like, they're like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry. Bring it back. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Bring um, it down. You told me that you were in the Boy Scouts of America. I was a Boy Scout. Yeah. What? I was a Boy Scout, a proud Boy Scout. That's what I was doing in the summers before I came to Efrat, actually. Okay. I spent one, uh, we did one trip. I think it was like two weeks down to the Florida Keys. That doesn't sound like a very Boy Scout thing. We were, we were, um, there. they have a base there. They're called Sea Base. Okay. It's in Isla Mirada, Florida. Ooh. And we did, it was me, and it was my brother, and it was uh, someone who was with us 
who uh, is actually one of my brother's best best friends to this day. Yeah. And uh, we were in a group of other scouts. Maybe there were ten of us on a boat on a sailboat. And we were sailing down to Key West. This is not how I picture the Boy back. Scouts. Well, well sailing is very yeah, that's we that's actually sailing, really unique, uh, really cool. Snorkeling. Wow. Learning about the wildlife right. that were that was under the water. We sure. did some fishing out yeah. there. We caught barracuda. Those are mean looking fish. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This was also, you know, this was as I said, before being fully committed. Teak. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Being fully committed to uh, eating yes, only kosher food, yeah. Uh, we did lobster fishing. Yeah, wow. all you got to do to catch a lobster, just like lobster them. swim. They swim backwards. Neck. Okay, yeah, you just not tap, very efficient. You just tap them on the head. <laughs> yeah, and you put a net behind them. They'll yeah. just go straight into the net. It's almost not fair. Yeah, it's almost not fair. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a really interesting experience. No, there might be something in that. Just a little also, short tangent. Key West you know. is different in the daytime. Than it is at the nighttime. Okay. It's like the sun goes down and right. you're like, "That's not a place where for the Boy Scouts of America." Am I right now? Like, <laughs> get me back to the boat. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. I was gonna say about the lobster. That's really funny. And also, by the way, the Boy Scouts. I picture like campfire, like some s'mores. You know, like kumbaya. well, being outdoors. I, I was never in the Boy Scouts. I have no yeah. idea. No, that's for yeah. sure. That's yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Um, that's definitely part of it. But it, there's there's so much more. Uh, to, you know, a scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Yeah. That's the, that's what a scout is. Yeah. So wherever you can be those things, you bring that out into that's those awesome. places. There's actually a... So reverence, reverence, like yeah. religious. It, it, Boy Scouts is, a, is, I wouldn't even say semi-religious. It's a, many people that join the Boy Scouts, it, it has a clear religious... Uh, component to it okay whatever your faith is a commitment whatever, uh, yeah a reverence for faith a reverence for yeah wow we have a, a chapter of boy scouts here in the front now yeah you told me that i want to get those guys on the podcast oh yeah for sure be this is like the see. perfect environment for them you know like get them to, sure. to start a fire one of the one of the like challenges that a boy scout often has is either like a one match or a two match or a three match fire okay or a matchless fire okay that's that's a that's a higher level. That's like you have a lot more patches for that. Is there a patch for that? Uh, well, there's a what's called a merit badge, which is a kind of patch. Right. That if you get enough of them, they put them on a sash and then you wear it across that's your cool. chest. That's cool. Let it's me like tell you something. Uno with the wild card. <laughs> you could do anything with that one. You uh, have a lot of free choice in the Boy Scouts about what you want to kind of uh, focus on and get different right. merit badges, and that's that's an amazing way that I was uh, able to. To learn a lot of different kind of skills, you know, like I, um, I did basket weaving, mm-hmm. I did first aid, wow, wilderness survival, yeah, it's sailing a thing for kids when they're young. The sailing thing I didn't know. That's so cool. Oh, I've always wanted sailing, to sail. There's a sailing merit yeah. badge. There's a rowing merit badge. There's a canoeing merit badge. Wow. These are all merit badges. Is there a paddle that you are looking uh, at a badge? holder of those merit badges? Oh, really? That's that's awesome, man. That's beautiful. My brother was an Eagle Scout. That's the highest rank, right? In uh, in the Boy Scouts, you have to make it before you're 18. Yeah. Um, there's a few different reasons that I didn't make it to Eagle. One of them was that I was in a Jewish troop that was not Shomer Shabbat. Right. So it was through the JCC yeah, and the Jewish story. war veterans, and um, and the and, and the last badge was on Shabbat. 
There were a bunch of things the, the, that, that the weekends we, yeah, we did a lot of advancement. We did a lot of advancement yeah. in the campouts, and the campouts started Friday afternoon and ended Sunday morning. Right. Um, and so I was also spending a lot more time in the latter years uh, that I was in NCSY rather than in the Boy right. Scouts. Right. And um, I tried, you know, You went from Kumbaya to... Achenu. Achenu. <laughs> Beautiful. For sure. From Kumbaya to Achenu, David practice. <laughs> I love it. And um, and and I would say that I I'm, I'm very confident in the choice that I made to uh, I didn't switch allegiances so to speak yeah. at all. But I uh, I definitely you know you only have so many times that you can that you can uh, dedicate to certain things. Yeah. So the same way that I stopped I don't know, wrestling and in, in high school. Yeah. Um, and Screech the, didn't wrestle. Yeah, but my record was something similar to what Screech <laughs> okay, would have had. I was a freshman. Yeah. And I and and I was ninety seven pounds okay. in ninth grade. Right. That's the lowest weight class. Right. Ninety seven pounds. Normally wrestlers oftentimes they what have to do crazy things to make that weight. Yeah. On the way to matches, they're spitting in a cup before right, they get right. weighed in order to right. get the weight of the spit out of them. They're doing crazy things right. that are really, really dangerous, like going in a sauna with an electric like bike. Cutting weight, like cutting before, weight. Yeah. Like in crazy, crazy ways. I never had to make weight. <laughs> I was just always, You're always there. on or under yeah, that great. weight class. A lot of the different high schools didn't have a wrestler at that weight. Oh, so you were probably like the champion of the... Of My the record was 15 and 7. <laughs> That's great. I had 15 forfeits. Oh. Anytime I went wow. out on the mat and actually had Unreal. to wrestle, seven losses. I oh lost. God. And it was usually within a few seconds right. even. <laughs> like right. I was getting dropped. Uh, but, um, you know, that, that was something that, I, let's say I gave it up uh, you know, I could have continued and tried to get better. Sure. And and my my coach, uh, you know, he was so funny. He was like, "Yeah, listen, I I also, you know, when I started wrestling at three years old, I also <laughs> lost most of my first matches. And I even pinned myself. He's like, I didn't realize that if I turned over on my back and had the guy on top of me, that actually I was pinning myself. And I was I like, also Coach, didn't thank you. Speak English. Right. <laughs> like, I'm six. I'm like sixteen, yeah. Coach. I'm not three. Uh, but um. Yeah, so the same way that, you know, yeah. Boy Scouts is something I would love to get back into, yeah. especially the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah. You know, the Tsofim here in Israel, yeah. it's like the Israeli branch of the of the Boy Scouts. Right. It's very I think it's very different right. than than the Boy Scouts of America. Right. And um I don't know, my kids aren't old enough yet, but I I feel like that would totally be such a great thing for them. You know, to do the to be in the outdoors, to learn these survival skills. I mean, we're really our country it's very into like being out into nature everyone who loves being out in nature and everyone just kind of digs that aspect the survival skills people are going to go into the army you know they're going to they're going to have to learn how to navigate uh you know without uh, your iphone or whatever so mm. yeah it's a good start yeah it's a good start um and, and it gives you an appreciation of simple pleasures the pleasure of starting a fire with only one match wow and the hours yeah. Of enjoyment that you can have, like from that fire, trying that to little, do that yeah. and, and getting better at it, or sitting by and the then fire. And you do it in one match, and then someone says, like, you know, there there are like ways of making a fire before you had a match, flint and steel, right? Or you know, different things with with friction. Does the two sticks thing really work? I've tried it. I never um, really was able to make. It I like myself, to be yeah. perfectly honest, have never lit a fire with no match. Yeah. Um, actually, maybe I should 
try that now <laughs> with my kids just to like it's a do good it. Skill. It's fun. Um, there was something that we made once, which is you kind of use uh, a. Bu- it's called a bow, and you kind of um, it's like a drill. It's like oh, yeah, an yeah. old kind of drill. Yeah. Um, like before there was electric uh, power for drills. Yeah. So there's a way of doing a drill that you wind up uh, your piece of wood. With like a string. With a yeah, with leather on it. Okay. And then you uh, have another piece of wood, which is lateral, yeah. that has the ends of those strings attached to it. Yeah. And if you have the wood at the top, as you pull it down, yeah. it is simultaneously turning that piece of wood. Right. And it's winding up the next piece of leather so that when you, you know, you just kind of move it up and down and so up and down. So every motion is another turn. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. And it's going... And you're creating this crazy friction. Yeah. You put a little bit of, uh, you know, like brush or whatever. Something. Or yeah. Moss. Something to get yeah, started. if it's dry, yeah. you want something dry, yeah. uh, and easy to easy to burn. Nice, and uh, um, yeah, you could do it. A lunch food, and then you guys were like Efrat, let's go to Efrat. How did that? Well, my wife uh, Batchen was born and raised in a lunch food. Yeah, and although she did move to different places and she spent uh, some time in 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 Beit Shemesh and in Karmetzur, uh, they were one of the first few dozen families over there in Karmetzur and. And they were a part of a Garin Torani in Beit Shemesh. And her parents uh, took the family on Shlichut to Boca Raton cool. uh, for a couple of years. So she did live other places. Right. She's seen the, the world a little bit. It was my dream, you know, really to live in a place like Alon Shfud in Gush Etzion or something, something like that. But, you know, we, we, um, we decided that as a family that maybe we, we should raise the, the family in a different place to, you know, change of scenery or something like that. And we went to Armona Natsiv. We were looking for a community and we found Armona Natsiv. We found a really awesome school uh, for our daughter, Halali. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was difficult living there in, in, in Armona Natsiv for a couple of reasons. Yeah. And um, near the Tayalet over there. And well, near a we were in a very kind of sketchy yeah. uh, neighborhood in, in the sense that um, there wasn't a lot of knocking on doors of neighbors. You know, there was a family below us, um, and we'd knock on their door and say, hey, do you, you know, your kids, do we want to come up and play with our kids? And they would say yes. Yeah. They'd close the door. We'll send them up in a few minutes. Yeah. They never came. Uh, we tried to kind of, you know, do something beautiful. We had a neighbor here in, in the, the gun. Yeah. Um, the Morgenstern family. Yeah. So Eitan. Eitan lives right behind me. He's exactly. awesome, So dude. he was involved yeah. with the Garin Torani there, okay. trying to really just like bring a communal sense and a, and a, and a, and a religious Zionist ethos uh, sure. to, to pr- promote, um, you know, that. So we, we were a little bit kind of connected to them a little bit here and there. Yeah. Um, they were our friends there. They lived really close to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we went around... Trying to uh, bring Mishlochemanot. Ultimately, yeah. We'd knock on people's doors. They thought we were coming. We were like the collections. <laughs> they like, wouldn't what? open. They wouldn't open <laughs> the <laughs> door. Another person, like we knocked on their for? door, and they what were trying like, to sell and me. They were like, "No, we don't. We don't need any." Right. Slam, slammed in your face. So basically, community wasn't. There was a beautiful community there, yeah. and there still is up yeah. towards like the yeah, top I, of the hill. I, we spent but we were, like, there once. The we very did, like, bottom a, of the hill. We davened at the Karlibach minion over there. Shabbat uh-huh. once. My friend Nachman Solomon had us over for Shabbat on mm-hmm. our pilot trip. Yeah, and we were looking at our own on that tip. Like you I know, don't know like if I knew there was a, there. if I knew there was a Karlibach show, I might have stayed. Um, but it's in our Nona no, more, right? It's um, like more yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like closer to the newer buildings over there. So we we were very far from there in terms of just getting there on Shabbat, far far down the hill. Yeah, we were we were in a in a so like 
bottom line is the community wasn't the way you know you would we weren't the right people to to be in that community yeah. you know if we wanted to kind of uh, bring it up uh, from its bootstraps it's it's a it's yeah. a it's a community uh which we could afford in Jerusalem right. right but we couldn't nice afford to be, to be there without uh strong neighborhood uh yeah. connection that's one thing Efrat has and well the synagogue the Ashkenazic synagogue that was there uh it's a beautiful young Israel yeah. amazing amazing when i when i went there uh it was i think it was my dad's or i was i was saying Kaddish for my father and so i came to the shul just when uh, on the same time that i came to check out a few apartments and the gabai there in the best possible sense yeah um yossi harel he gave me a bear hug in the best Sweet. sense, meaning yeah. I came in there. Yeah, that's really He nice. gave me, he said, oh, you're, you're going to dive in from the Umbid, no problem. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to move here, and we're going to make your life here beautiful. Like, everything and anything you need, that is a person that was com- has been committed to Amisrael and to that specific community yeah. probably 40 years. Wow. Wow. And his wife, Chaya, amazing, amazing people. They had us over for Shabbos. And- that area 40 years ago? Yeah, well, wow. after 67, that's yeah. when Armand Lipsy came into but Israeli it, hands to build on, and, and then they started was, building there in the 70s. Yeah, it's funny we're saying it, though, because it's Yerushalayim, but like right. 40 years ago, that was probably not the most comfortable and friendly place, mm-hmm. and it was probably considered like the boondocks, you know? <laughs> yeah, something like that. They wow. can't, yeah. Um, so, yeah, amazing so you guys people. Like, so there's an amazing community there, but we didn't live close to them Yeah, in proximity to, the, right. to that community. We'd walk, we'd hike up the hill. Right. Like to get there, Pito Maktor. Yeah, it's a job to get up there. You know, right. it's it's nice to have those people who are close to you. Right, I hear that. So and then and so Armon Anetziv was after Alon Shvut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got married in our first couple of years of marriage. We we jumped around to different places. Okay. I was working at Yeshiva Rakotel. Yeah. So we were two months in Alon Shvut directly after the marriage, yeah. after the wedding ceremony. We walked home. That's so we, beautiful. We I went, love that. Idea. After that, we were in. Uh, so the dormitory in uh, in the old city for four wow. months. That was it was a dream. Yeah, but it's not easy to live there either. Yeah, you know, imagine, you know, getting we don't have a makolit here. Okay, right. fine. <laughs> like there are makolits there. Yeah, but like if you go out to Rami Levy over there, you're not driving it back <sighs> to your house. No, you need one of those you little need the cart. Yeah, and like you're dragging that cart. I slept I from mean, the shook all the time, which is a great experience. City, I'd drive one of those little tractor things. Nowadays they have. Can those. you have that? Can personal people have that? Like, or is it just like I don't know what the ordinances or are. Yeah, I think I everyone like should uh, ask yeah. a local Orthodox rabbi. Everyone would be driving around <laughs> in these little things. Their local uh, yeah. city municipal inspector. But that. But they help. do have that, that nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so we lived there. We spent some time on Kibbutz Lavi, which was that's amazing. so cool. That's so beautiful. Yeah. When I finished the tour guide course, yeah. I felt like. I don't really know what I'm doing on a practical level. Right. Like how I call myself actually a tour educator. Yeah. I think of myself as like I want to do education, not in the classroom, out in the field. Right. But I don't know really how to do that. Right. I need a, a little bit of a stage. I need a little bit of a internship. Now, if they had told me at the beginning of the tour guide course, it's two years, of course, and then you're going to have a two-month internship, residential internship. Yeah. I would be like, been, no nope, way. I'm, done. I'm not doing that. It's like, I didn't sign up to become a doctor. <laughs> right. You know, it's a lot of time. But actually, yeah. um, there's an Afrat uh, original, uh, you know, a tour, touring company that I that I f- uh, feel a very, very, very close affinity to. Yeah. Uh, it's called Keshet. Okay. Uh, Yitzhak Sokolov. Uh, is, Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Founder 
And uh, actually, Peter Abelo, one of our neighbors here from Peter, Peter McTorrett, cool. he was in charge of this group that come, that used to come to Kibbutz Lavi. Peter's the man. Yeah, Peter's the man. Uh, We've said that before on this podcast. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had his daughter on. Awesome. Oh, amazing. Yeah, Alana. So let me tell you, uh, he he gave me that that job. He's yeah. like, come up to Kibbutz Lavi. You'll be a regular Madrid Hevrati. You'll be just like a dorm counselor. Yeah. But you can come up with your wife and your infant daughter. Yeah. And you'll live on the kibbutz with us wow. for two months. Love it. And it was students that came from the Jewish Free School, JFS, in London. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. That's amazing. So JFS cool. 16, a shout out to all those students. Now they're doing amazing things even after college. These, nice. you know, amazing. There's Some of those students went on to be just amazing things wow. already. And they're so still so young. Right. Uh, that was like 10, 9 years ago. Yeah, these leadership programs are really great. Well, they were in they were in 8th grade. Yeah. But nine wow. years later, these eighth graders, some of them have already fulfilled amazing dreams. Unreal. Yeah. And um, I loved that. I loved living on Kibbutz Lavi. I loved watching uh, the tour guide that was there and the other uh, people that were working with us. Donny Abelo, our neighbor on Hazorim, yeah. was uh, also logistically in charge of that group. Yeah. Um, they were very committed to making it work for us. Donny himself moved our oven and, and, and a bunch of other things. He took that drive up to Kibbutz wow. Levi and back from Kibbutz Levi. Yitzchak Sokolov gave him the car to do it. Wow. And like, they just made it that's, work. That's really They made nice. it work for us. Um, and that was a, a really cool experience. Uh, Lisa Avshalom was the tour guide. And uh, basically that was like my stage, with just like watching how she worked, um, you know, watching how the other staff worked and, and, uh, and it was then just great. And that was bo- that was after Amona Natsif. No, so that that's what I was saying. So we started Alonchfut. We moved to the old city. Yeah. We moved back to Alonchfut. Maybe then we moved up to Gibraltar a couple months. We spent some time at you know Camp Yavne, in New Hampshire. Wow. We went back and forth and back and forth. Uh, those first couple of years of marriage, we didn't spend more than six months maybe in, in one, one place. place. Wow. We were in my in-laws' apartment. Then yeah. they refurbished their apartment. We moved into the dorms of the Yeshivat Sh- Haaretzion. Yeah. We moved in two different places in the dorms of Yeshivat Haaretzion. Yeah. What was that like? It was just amazing. Yeah. You got to, you probably got to see all sorts of communities, all sorts of people, and be involved in all these different I used places. to think that I really wanted to live in a very heterogeneous like place that had many different kinds of people. Yeah. And maybe that dream will come true one day. But at this point, I'm really happy living in a place which is much more similar to my outlook and Mm -hmm. that the range of differences is kind of more uh, in in one area of the spectrum. Okay. You know, maybe one day I'll I'll have the inner strength, the fortitude (laughs) to go and live in a place where people are super, super varied from from my own outlook and and feel comfortable there. You know, there's something to having your children in a place where where um, they can. Children tend to see see things like in black and white, you know. And you can open their minds as they grow older and and give them experiences, you know, um, to help broaden their experience of life and what different people are like. But it's it, it's a special thing for children to grow up kind of like in a in a warm atmosphere where people are are similar, you know? And it, the part of it is, was personal safety. The truth is it's not so much yeah. personal safety in a place which is not urban yeah. like Yerushalayim was. Right. And where you have to keep an eye out. Right. Um, but you know so many of your neighbors that you know so many of them also have their eyes 
right. open. That's nice. And 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 are holding, you know, yeah. uh, that. I was kinda. gonna say, Frat though, um, in regards to like the the broadest, there you have people, all sorts of people, you know. That's true, and also so, within my own house, you know, like the <laughs> the, the hashkafa yeah. that uh, that we, my wife and I, you know, uh, both of us have kind of our hashkafot. They've not necessarily stayed exactly where we were right. you know if you if you gave us a litany of different questions and you know where are you on the spectrum right like, no definitely growing changing you know uh every day is is different every situation is different this year is different right. <laughs> you know right. we went to this year we 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 decided to take on minagamakum we mm. ne- i mean i grew up chabad yeah. so when it comes to pesach we're talking about pesach now when it comes to pesach we used to eat our matzah in a bag so that no water would get on the matzah right. and we wouldn't have any issues with the brocks and right. similar things. We're at the point in our home where we eat kitniot on Pesach. Wow. This is Minagamakom. This is our place. We decided it wasn't about making things easier on us. This year we wanted to fully... Yeah, we wanted to make things easier on us in one way. Yeah. And then also we wanted to fully take on Minagamakum and feel like that, you know, get that full experience. It's 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 interesting. To, you go to a store on Pesach and you see all this stuff. And you can't eat any of it. Right? And um, I don't need to eat kidney beans, but it'd be nice to have bamba or, mm. you know, for my children and stuff like that. So it was really nice. My wife uh, comes from a home. Her Her mother is... Persian. She's born in Yerushalayim, but family that came from Iran. And my father-in-law has a kind of a similar life path that after high school, uh, he came to Israel and, and, and took on Torah and mitzvot. He's a rabbi. And uh, he went to Rav Avadi Yosef, and he got a, a psak, he got okay. a, a heter to eat kitniot. Beautiful. But I am still holding strong. 17 the, years the, here. In the non-kitniot uh, camp. Yeah. But you know, I have I have um, my my posake uh, did uh, allow me what's called make kidneyot. Mm-hmm. But Eretz Yisrael and the kidneyot thing is wow. Yeah, it's look not easy, not easy. It is but what it, it is. Sometimes it feels empowering actually to like take a product off the shelf and like say, okay, this is yeah. This well, is like, like I'm kosher. making a choice, it's you like know, the same like, idea yeah. in kosher, right. you know. And look, I did and we it, don't have that. Like, I you did walk it for 35 years so of my life, you know. Kosher. Yeah, you did it for thirty-five years of my life. I did that. Where I was like, okay, not that, but uh, yeah, I, it was it was a it was a welcome change. It was it's it was a beautiful Pesach. Uh, it was just the family, you know. And yeah, speaking about the nice bracha to be able of to corona, do those kind of yeah. things. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. just you know, uh, our default. We don't have the questions that many uh, Israeli cu- couples that are two Israelis that the families live here. Yeah, they always got to figure out like where the question is. Where are we going to be right. <laughs> on the Chagim? <laughs> Whose parents? Yeah, so we don't have that question. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just true. Always, always by my in-laws, which is great. Okay. Uh, and this this year, we, we had to be at home. We had to do the, the Seder at home. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the first time because they were actually on the Shlichut a different time. And we did the Seder at home. Right. Um, but uh, this was a great opportunity. And one of our other neighbors, also on Hazorim, Chovav uh, Yechieli yeah. and his wife, uh their name Michal. Uh, they they make these uh, escape rooms in a oh yeah in a box in a box or right. escape room that yeah, we got great. and of course the moitzah I gave yeah, it and great. it was just like we did um, that together with the formal seder and uh, 
you know, and kids must have loved it. Yeah, and my wife and I, we did a little play for them. Oh, that's great. My mother-in-law usually does a play. Yeah. It's, every year it's the same play. Yeah. And it's great. And uh, my wife and I kind of, um, we made up a different, very simple play. It was it was a very kind of trippy play. It was like we get up to open the door for Eliyahu, uh, and all of a sudden, Eliyahu is at the door. But it's Eliyahu. It's Saba Eliyahu. Ah, it's my beautiful. wife's grandfather, Allah Shalom. Oh, wow. Who's at the door. And I was dressed up as Eliyahu. And he comes in, and he's bringing this matzah. And it's like matzah they brought from Paras. It's matzah they brought from Iran. Yeah. And he brings it, and he brings it. And all of a sudden, when he brings that matzah, and someone else touches it, it's like... <laughs> and that person all of a sudden becomes not the mother of this house, but she becomes my mom. Okay. And then it's like Sally Bratspis and Eliyahu Cohen. He's from Persia. She's from America. <laughs> and then it's, it's like different matzah. Wow. They, they, they eat different things, but it's like the same. Wow. wow so wow. it was like this whole like weird thing and it, it connected up also to like this story that I told the kids from me growing up is that I got this idea when I was a kid on Pesach yeah. I was like I'm gonna come through the door I'm gonna put a sheet over my head like Cap, like Cap uh, Casper the friendly ghost <laughs> and when they open the door for Eliyahu I'm gonna sneak out the back door come through the front door yeah. and I'm gonna do like ooh okay. like I'm a ghost right totally that was the last Pesach you did that totally sacrilegious everyone went home no one slept that night <laughs> right <laughs> So yeah. what happened was that that morning, I was supposed to be helping to set up. I was a kid. I don't know what what grade I was in. I was supposed to be helping set up. My brother and I snuck to the basement, and we were playing soccer in the basement. He and I argued, are we going to play with our shoes on or our shoes off? I vehemently wanted to play with our shoes on. Okay. He wanted to play with his shoes off. This Even to this serious day, when you go to his house, you have to decision. take your shoes off. Okay. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to take my shoes right. off. But you have to. <laughs> it's like so it's been, it's been that for a long time. It's funny. And uh, I took my shoes off. We took our shoes off. We were playing soccer. I kicked the floor, and I broke my toe. But I was committed to that Casper gag. Like, I was going to do oh, it. Oh, wow. So I walked hobbling through <laughs> the door. Coach from the wrestling team would have been proud of him <laughs> for sure. Yeah, Mr. Purcelli, wherever he is. Uh, yeah. So I came hobbling through the door, and that's how they knew it was me. They didn't know it was just like some random yeah. person yeah. playing a trick because I came like hobbling through that's the door. Great. So then I did that again because I told the kids, like, right. I, I put that did idea the in their also? head. And Saba Eliyahu, yeah. when he, towards the end of his life, he didn't, he didn't, you know, yeah. he walked like an older man. He, 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 you know, he you was, really played the part. Yeah, but it like connected up yeah. the different stories, and that's what we were trying to do. Wow. We kind of had like a theme with the with the seder of like the seder is the seder that we've had in the different places that we've been. But it's, it's different over there. Seder. But it's actually it's the same matzah. Oh, I love right? that. I want to hear more. We're running out of time. I had a question. for I think you. you should splice that out and save it. Yeah. For Pesach time. I love it. <laughs> or replay it then, too. Replay it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been meaning to put more clips out there. It takes time, you know? Yeah. And the the goal here is, like, just to have a good time and not— I'm having a great time. Okay, too much. Right? Come yeah. on. Listen, I want to ask you a question because you're on one side of the of the table. Here I'm, on, I'm on another side of the table, okay? 
within maybe another month or two, you're not going to really have to worry about this anymore because you have already gotten the corona vaccine. Yeah. Okay? So what was that like? When did you do that? First and foremost, yeah. you know, we, he we hear a lot of headlines about, like, what's going on with the availability of the vaccine and yeah. things like that. There's a lot of places, actually, that are the vaccine uh, that's available. Yeah. It has a short self life, shelf life after it's been defrosted. Right. So there are some places that the vaccines are being kind thrown of like away. chicken and meat. Yeah. It's like a lot of things that go yeah. off. So there's a lot of places actually that certain doses of the vaccine are being wasted. Okay. In periphery areas of the country, or whatever. Right. That's true as of yeah, now. Yeah, I saw something like in Yerushalayim, they're saying, okay, so people uh, over a certain age, if even if you didn't have an appointment, come now. Because right, maybe in the evening when they're, when yeah. they're like, okay, we're going to have to throw some of these out right. unless we get people so people can come and, and, and do that. Also, um, what the Ministry of Health says is it's, you know, frontline health workers. Right. It's people who are at risk because of their... Uh, background illnesses right. or people who are at risk because of their age okay. should come and get vaccinated. And then it also says, and people in certain other populations. One of those other populations is the those that work as educators. Oh, okay. And I actually, um, once the uh, yeshivot and the midrashot, those gap year programs that have uh, students that came from outside of Israel, they came here in September, they were quarantined, and they, they've spent a lot of time in and out of quarantines for right. one reason or another. So when they can, a lot of these programs are trying to get them out into nature. Right. And so I've gotten, thank God, a lot of calls right. in November and in the December. I even guided a birthright. Oh, wow. Ten days uh, out of the house. It was a closed capsule. Where did just they come us. from, these people? These were guys that were here are studying here? in the Yeshivat Torah V'Avodah B'nai Akiva program. Uh, and we and we guided them. Uh, wow. Me and the bus driver, driver had to stay with the when program. Was this, like, Couldn't go month, home. This month? Yeah, this was uh, at the end of November oh, wow. until the very beginning of December. Anyway, so you get the so you're. So what I was saying is, I've been exposed it. to a lot of students, right. and and let's just put it this way: a lot of those students have made some regrettable errors in terms of keeping to the strict interpretation of Misrata Briut's guidelines. Right. So I'm, I'm exposed uh, to those folks, and uh, I'm an educator uh, by virtue of the fact that I'm exposed to them. Right. And I called up uh, the hotline, and I said, hey, here's my situation. I'm not an educator in a classroom. I'm an informal educator. I've been guiding this kinds of students over the last couple of months, and I really hope that in the next couple of months, I'll continue guiding them. Right. Can I get vaccinated? And they said yes. That's you know? wonderful. So I went there to get vaccinated in Kirat Arba yesterday. Wow, Kirat Arba. Yeah. So you're. I know we go through our kupots. So how come? Mulchedet, Mulchedet okay. in Kirat Arba, and uh, nice. they gave me an appointment. And my and they as soon as you uh, book it's your nice first appointment, yeah, you you actually have a second appointment. I swung by the Me'ara as well. I love it. It was in my car. Yeah. The Me'ara itself, Me'ara Machpelah, is closed except for, I think, residents of Kirat Arba Chevron. Okay. Uh, essentially, I guess, people who are within 100 meters. Right. Uh, but I was able to swing by. Sure. And from the outside, you know. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So you get your vaccine. What was it like? You go in there, was a long line? Are people standing no, next no to line. each other? There's How does no that line. work? Because oh, you, you have, have an a appointment. Date. You, right. have a, you have an appointment. Right. I got there and actually saw a friend of mine. He's a tour guide, but he's also a longtime volunteer for MADA. Uh, it's a friend of mine. So Chaim, he gets there, and this was such great shtick. You might have even seen this. Like this video should be viral. <laughs> he gets there. He gets the his. Is killing he me. gets his vaccine. Yeah. 
and he's talking to me. He's like, I, I've seen Corona, the front lines yeah. of the devastation yeah, well, of Corona. Yes. And yeah. there's a bracha there, a tefillah, that Rav Shmuel Eliyahu wrote. And the, the actual Kirat Arba uh, municipality, the Moitza, printed it up, laminated it, and it's there sitting on the, oh, wow. on the desk of the, of the nurse as they vaccinate you. And I also was, I get, I got choked up. You know, I yeah. said this, this, this tefillah. It's a tefillah for the people that made the vaccine. Tefillah for the people that are taking the vaccine. For those, you know, that are that are getting better. We hope uh, that they should live and be well. Yeah. And uh, and then also, uh, Rav Herschel Schechter, he was asked, you know, what bracha should you make? Right. So I made bracha hatova metiv, like drinking a fine wine. Sure. <laughs> in the middle of a meal well, after you like, make kiddush. Yeah. So I got that. Fine vaccine yeah. in me, and made the bracha v'tov Very, very emotional. Yeah. And then Chaim gets up, and he goes, "You know, I, I feel okay, but, you know, I, I don't know. Is this, this side effect is? It's not bad, but he turns around. He had a tail that he pinned on himself before he sat down what to lighten mean? the mood. He had like this prop tail. Oh my god! And he gets up and he's like, he asks the nurse. He goes, "Is, is this considered a mild <laughs> uh, side effect?" Side effect? <laughs> And she and everyone there <laughs> Love were it. like dying, Beautiful. and they all came with like people came with cameras and they're like videotaping him. Oh, it's great! And I said like you know, thirty days before the chag, you got to get ready. So like here you are, you're thirty days before thirty days before Purim, so you're getting ready. Oh yeah, for the days the days before Purim. <sighs> we should be able to this Purim be able to Take sing together, be together. Yeah, that that would be amazing. So and you feel fine. Everything is. Uh, you know, nice I feel I feel fine. I have I have a little bit of soreness in my arm where uh, I got the. Uh, but that happens to me sometimes when yeah. I get other vaccines. Right. Last night I had a like a momentary scare just because sometimes you get in, into like this headspace. Yeah. And I was like I was kind of like sitting maybe in an uncomfortable way. Yeah. And my back started aching, my chest started aching, <laughs> like, and I was like, "What's happening to me?" And I didn't want to <laughs> freak anyone out. My wife was next to me, and I I go, but, but, "Can you please get me some water?" Now, usually I get her water. She's like nursing. She's like, hey, can you get me some water? She's like, me get you water? <laughs> like, she's like, what's happening to you? I was like, no, 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 it's fine. That's on the outside. On the inside, I was panicking. Right. I was like, I, I just need a little drink of water. It's fine. Nothing's going to happen. And I like sit up and, I, and I'm, like, I'm like trying to stretch it out. It went away. And then you woke up this morning. You're like green like the Hulk. And you're like, what's going on? <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that shtick of showing up with a tail. What a great idea. Let me tell it. you, if it doesn't become a viral video, yeah. everybody, yeah, when your time you comes to get a tail, yeah. I have a few costume tails yeah. in my house. Me you too. can come. You can borrow you get your vaccine, a tail. Show up with the tail. I love Show it. up with the tail. you got to put it on surreptitiously before you sit down. Yeah. Don't let anyone see what, it. What, what's his name again? got to say we got to His last name. Chaim. Chaim. Uh, Chaim from Kirat uh, yeah. Arba Chevron. Okay. He's a tour guide and a volunteer for. We for gotta, I can't remember his last name. We got to give him credit where credit's due. It's yeah. necessary. Wow, David, bro, that was awesome. Thanks so much for you know spending time and chatting with me. We said we were um, gonna take the glasses off. Okay, we we are taking the glasses off, and uh, you know it's just a real pleasure. I love being out in here, out here in the in the wild. Um, I love the fact that I don't have to worry being next to you because heck, you got half your vaccine. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't know. We were distanced enough, and we're out in here. It's it's good. We should all be healthy. And um, once again, thank you so much. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. There's a button here, or here, or here, or here. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But since I put it in every corner, we'll know. Thanks, bud. Let's do a little mic bump. Mic bump. Mic bump. Mic bump. Have a great day, man. Same to you.